Hi, this is Jay Baer of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Welcome to the Content Experience Show. I'm Randy Frisch. I've got Anna here. And today, and I don't know if you're intimidated. I don't think you are because Chris is so welcoming. But we had the original creator of this podcast, Chris Moody, who is so much fun to have on a podcast anytime and such a bright marketer. His full-time job is head of content marketing at Cheetah Digital. And we got to learn all about putting brand first. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I felt like this is something we don't get to talk enough about because we're always so obsessed with lead gen. Right. We really don't get to talk about brand building enough through content. And also just to jump back to your first question, it is a little intimidating. Chris himself, I mean, Chris himself isn't intimidating at all. I mean, obviously people... He's a gentle giant. He's amazing. No, wonderful, wonderful. And anybody who's been listening to this podcast for any length of time knows Chris most likely from, obviously he was the original host, one of the original hosts, but it was a little intimidating to step in and be like, hey there, I'm stepping into, you know, your shoes and carrying on your legacy through this podcast. And, you know, it was more like... I hope I'm doing you right, and I hope I'm making you proud. Uh, I, you know, I, I feel like I'm going to get like a, a text from him or something really soon, and I'll let you know because it'll it'll be all thumbs up for you, Anna. He, I'm sure he loves you, and he feels like the podcast is in good hands. Yeah, no, he was amazing though. Wonderful, obviously. Absolutely, no. So, so for everyone tuning in, and you're thinking about, okay, do I want to spend this next 30 minutes with Randy and Anna and Chris? What we ended, uh, you do, of course, but what we ended up talking about is the balance of on content approach in terms of building brand and building you know demand and it's interesting to hear how the team is split kind of between those two buckets over at cheetah digital and one of my favorite parts you know of, of the interview i think was how chris talked about coming into the role he actually met with the ceo who said a big goal of theirs is to build the brand. And I, I kind of wonder how many of you listening can say that within your company. Like, are you truly focused on building the brand as we get very deeply obsessed, obviously, with driving revenue and lead gen on a day-to-day basis? Well, and I think the other thing, too, that people are really going to love about this podcast in addition to that is how Chris really relates to the fact that telling a better brand story is all about quality which also doesn't have to be sacrificed for leads, right? You don't have to have one versus the other. And I felt like he had some amazing analogies at the very end of this podcast that just talks about how you can work together better and how even as you're building a brand, you don't have to take your eye off of generating leads and you don't have to take your eyes off of actually getting customers through the door. It's It doesn't have to be pick and choose or have one or the other. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I feel like I'm somewhat patting my back, but I'll pat my team's back. Um, I feel like both you and I, Convince and Convert, and me at Uberflip, we both work at companies who do value brand, you know, who who put brand at the forefront and try and figure out, you know, how do we build a movement or how do we get people to buy into the thought leadership? I mean, Convince and Convert creates 
a ton of content. Um, and a lot of it is not, I'm sure, in any ways aligned to how do we generate that next company that we're going to work with on the consulting front. Right. I mean, anybody who knows Jay knows that his foundation really is all about utility. It's content that is so good, people would pay you for it, but you're giving it away for free. So, you know, it's really about putting that quality first. There you go. And now we've got some good quality free content for everyone. Exactly. Yeah. And actually, Chris goes into this. So what do you say we let him talk about it without giving away too much more? And Randy, you brought him in this time. So let's go ahead and bring Chris in and have everybody hear what he has to say. Hey, Chris, thanks so much for coming back to the podcast. I feel like you're probably like walking into a house that's been renovated that you once lived in and you're looking around and you're like, holy shit, stuff's changed a little bit in here, but it's good to have you back. And uh, for people's uh, reference there, Chris actually started this podcast when it was called Content Pros some 165 episodes ago. So so welcome into your home, Chris. Thank you. I believe I left some stuff in the attic. So hopefully that hasn't been cleaned out yet. Yeah, the box is at the door. It's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll send you packing on your way out or something like that. <laughs> Got the moving truck outside. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy looking back to see how many episodes of this podcast have been created from something that uh, yourself and Amber Naslin, who, you know, both of you are going to be at the Connex conference later this summer, you know, that the two of you started with Jay, you know, probably just with an idea. So I, I maybe just take us back to that moment when, you know, either you reached out to Jay or Jay reached out to you and was like, let's do a podcast. Oh, sure. So this is actually uh, dating all the way back to Compendium before the Marketing Cloud arms race. Um, I was vice president of marketing at Compendium. And, you know, one of the things that we were doing in marketing and selling content marketing software was trying to highlight the folks who were actually doing the work. And I think many of us in the marketing space tend to concentrate on the New York Times bestsellers and all our friends or followers or people we admire who have written books and much is made of those folks. They make all the cool lists and are shared on LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook, all that fun stuff. But I wanted to find a way to highlight the people actually in the work, doing the work, talk to them about what was working, how they built their strategies, all of that. So it originally started as a campaign that we were going to do called the unsung heroes of content marketing. And I reached out to Jay because uh, we were a client of Convince and Convert. Jay actually helped me get the job at Compendium, so dating before this even happened. And we started to talk about it. And then uh, Jay had one of those epiphany light bulb moments and just said, why don't you make it Content Pros, the sister podcast to Social Pros? And I loved the idea. So we started on that path and then... In the search for a co-host, Amber was one of the leading candidates there. So Jay recruited Amber, brought her in, and we knew each other from the event circuit and had been friends for a while. And that's where we started. So we jumped in knowing each other, knowing the space, having tons of similar connections and started to build out that initial list and start the grind of running a podcast, right? Nice. Well, that's, it's it's crazy to see how far it's come. I mean, I, it was a lot of fun for me to join when Andrew, Amber moved on. And, uh, 
Yeah, I, I know you've moved on uh, in in your career to new opportunities that didn't allow for you to to retain that podcast spot. But uh, it's been nice to have you come back time and time again. Maybe you can update people. I guess since since you left the podcast, you were at Oracle post compendium acquisition. Um, where have been kind of the stops along the way? Where are you now? Sure. So I, I left Oracle to take an opportunity with GE Digital and really start to build out content marketing there. So it was an individual contributor role, but we were trying to turn that into a team and start to build the practice of creating content. There was a lot of overarching brand awareness, but not as much of highlighting the actual work and the products and the customer stories and uh, profiling subject matter expertise. So I was in that for a, a good solid year and then some and had an opportunity that presented itself to join the company I'm at now called Cheetah Digital. Um, Cheetah Digital is essentially, it feels like a startup, but you know, over 1,500 employees have been around for over a year. It was originally Cheetah Mail and then Experian acquired that. So technology that many of us knew about ages ago. But I came in here and, you know, we're helping to grow the brand and really show folks that we're working with most of the desirable brands in B2C marketing and doing some amazing things. We send over a billion emails per day. We manage seven petabytes of data for our clients, which is 1,100 selfies per day, every single day of your life. Yeah. So I think it's actually per hour. So if you took 1,100 selfies per hour, every single day of your life, birth through death, that's how much data we're managing for clients. But, you know, most folks haven't heard of us if they're not a B2C marketer who's running cross-channel marketing. So that's something that we're using content marketing to help to tell that story and support sales in the existing business. So it's, it's a lot of fun. Started to grow a team. We up to three folks now, hiring two more currently. I got to be honest, I'm not quite sure how I feel about measuring data in terms of selfies. It's kind of like, <laughs> it's kind of cool to see. I mean, I know, like, it's kind of cool to see like, oh, that is totally like quantifiable and, and understandable. But then at the same time, I'm like, oh, society. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny that how that happened we were sitting here working on the value proposition and, you know, much of the first few months in a content leadership role is the iceberg, right? 80% is below the water and no one really sees. So we were in that phase and working on how we tell our story. And we were trying to say, Hey, we manage a lot of data too. And, and you sit there and you're like, well, yeah, five petabytes, seven petabytes, whatever it is. And does that mean anything? No, the answer is no, right? It means nothing saying a petabyte. So, so we started doing the calculations and, you know, one of the data points that we found was, here's how many selfies is equal to a petabyte. So then we met, multiplied that out. And then I was like, man, that plays a lot better in a slide to bring home. Like, holy crap, that's a lot of data, right? There's no way you could take that many selfies per hour. So I'm, in, I'm not a selfie person. I do not have a selfie stick. I, I only take selfies if one of my three children is demanding that I take their picture. But, uh, you know, it really illustrates wow, they're managing a ton of data. So that was the point. But I'm with you there, Anna. I'm not a huge selfie guy. 
I feel like you need to do an infographic now that compares the you know pricing to ratio of selfies for different platforms out there. Um, and I feel you know like when you when you get I don't know if any of you have ever had to like negotiate a Salesforce CRM contract, but the amount that you pay for storage and it's like literally just a few gigabytes is insane. So I feel like it would not rank well in your selfie selfie uh, awards. Yeah, we'll have to do that. We actually talked about like maybe making a little fun challenge on the website. Like, can you take one eleven hundred selfies in an hour? And then you know, it showed in real time how quickly that is taking a selfie. But I don't know that we'll ever actually spend time or money on that. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. I'm still so boggled over just the selfies and quantifying like eleven. What was it? Eleven thousand selfies. Eleven hundred per hour for your entire life. So okay, so Chris, in, in in addition to quantifying how many you know selfies go into how much data you manage per day, you really stepped into this new role at at Cheetah Digital, really fresh, right? I mean, there you were starting at the ground floor, correct? Yes. So there was not a content marketing person in the company. There were some folks creating content, but there was no documented content strategy. There wasn't a huge repository of content, so it was coming in somewhat completely clean slate to an already existing organization that's making hundreds of millions of dollars a year. So slightly different than like, oh, we're we're this early stage company that's going to hire someone because it's not that, right? It feels like a startup because from a branding element, you know, we're only a year in, so we're still trying to build the brand, but coming into not very much to work with from a content perspective. So what's interesting though is I love that you had just highlighted that obviously things were still moving, things were still happening, and you kind of had to jump in sort of midstream to build out this department, build out these processes, build out the quantifiable selfie data. How did you go about doing that? Because Randy and I have had a lot of conversations about, you know, who owns content and, you know, the fact that content departments are becoming more and more popular now, like dedicated individual departments. So how did you jump in and just go midstream and get everybody on board while things were still happening? You didn't have the luxury of saying, okay, you know what, the work has to stop while we do this. Sure. Um, A lot of Jen was involved. So if you have a Jen sponsor, you should send them my way. I'm happy to plug any brand there and say that. But, you know, the biggest thing, the first part, you have to identify all the folks you have to work with, right? So as soon as you come in, You need to be talking with sales and services and customer support and all the different regions because this is a global role as well, right? I mean, we're in tons of countries. So I I can't just sit here in Raleigh, North Carolina and talk to folks in Chicago and New York and LA and feel like I've done a great job. So the first piece is really understanding the business and what are the needs? So what content is needed, which is a little reactive, right? And if you listen to most content pros episodes before it was the content experience, we dive into strategy a lot and you need a documented content strategy. So you want to be forward looking and saying, here's our end goal. Here's how we're going to get there. But much of the starting point is reactive. It's saying, Hey, what do we not have that we need? And it's scrambling to create that as you're building out the team and trying to build some respect in the organization and say, hey, here's what we're here to do. Here's what we're not here to do. And politely say no to things that don't matter while you create 
the important stories to tell for the brand and you know what gets communicated by sales how do we start to revamp the blog what is our thought leadership strategy so the initial phase for me is really building relationships showing mastery of the business and understanding what is needed what are our key industries what are our key verticals what are our key personas and then starting to dig out from there so the, you know i'm not going to lie the first few months are treacherous if you're doing a good job it should feel like you're drowning a little bit because there's so much to create so and it was definitely that i'm curious there in in those first few months because you you talked about understanding the buyer journey which again is something Anna and i've been talking a ton about with guests lately is how do you map to that and i love that you're doing that but i'm I'm curious coming in, who are some of the key, maybe I'll call them interviews that you had to do internally to understand what those needs were? Because as, as you said, I mean, the brand is new, but the company is around, so they, they know what they want. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, the first key interview, so even the interview process was different, but very helpful from a content perspective. So I interviewed in person at the all hands. So I flew into New York with leadership for the entire company and tons of other folks in the same building and went through a cycle of interviews and met with various folks, even met the CEO. And, you know, as we continued to discuss the role, I realized I needed to spend time with the CEO and he wanted to spend time with me. So I flew back to Chicago the very next week and had time with the CEO and, and it was a whiteboard conversation, Randy. And, and, you know, I asked specifically, what are the most important goals for the right content marketing leader, knowing that everything we do has to ladder up into those goals. And the first thing he wrote down was brand, which, you know, historically, I would have said, oh, you know, I'm worried about MQLs and the conversion to SQLs and how that creates opportunities and revenue. And yes, that's an important part of my job. But that was the first key interview to understand you know, top down, we have to be able to be in more conversations. We need to get our very experienced sales and services folks in the rooms, talking to potential clients and showing the value that we can add, which is a little different than saying like, Oh, I need to create this amazing campaign or amazing piece of content to get people to fill out more leads. And that's surely an element of the job, but um, a big interview with the vice president of sales um, talking through what was working for them, talking to all the other marketing peers and across the board, you can take almost every organizational leader. And those are the key interviews to start for me. I like that. And, and, I, and I love your answer there, Brand, because I, I don't think we get that very often, especially from a CEO. And as soon as you said it, Anna wrote to me, you know, we, I want to go deeper on this. So we're going to do that for everyone listening. We're going to go really deep on how brand becomes a priority and what the goals assigned to that end up being. But before we do that, we're going to hear from some of our sponsors, including a special message from Jay Bear right here on Connex the podcast. I never realized that if you can increase your rating on Yelp by one star, it'll actually lead to a 5 to 9% increase in revenue. That's the actual dollars coming in. And that's so important today. So how do we embrace people with online reviews, whether we're on Google, on Yelp, on Amazon, and more? The best way to learn how to do this is through a partnership between Convince and Convert, that's Anna's company with Jay Bear and everyone there working to strategize with the great people 
call it ICUC Social. And they've got an ebook called The Customers Always Write. So we got to figure out how to get our customers writing to do that. Check out this URL. It's bit.ly slash embrace reviews. Embrace like a big hug. Reviews, you know what reviews are all about. So go check out that URL and tell them your friends at the Connex podcast sent you. Hey friends, it's Jay Bear. Imagine experiencing all the awesome that is Connex, but live. Everything you love about this podcast, but for two days in three dimensions in a beautiful theater in Toronto. This year, August, you're going to hear from the best speakers about content marketing at Connex, a truly intimate networking experience with 750 marketers. I'm the co-producer of this event organized by my friends at Uberflip, and we're going to bring together brilliant strategists and brand marketers from all over the industry in Toronto. It's August 20th through the 22nd. Every single session is a keynote. The speakers have been handpicked by me. They include Andrew Davis, Scott Stratton, Tamson Webster, Amy Landino, and leaders from DocuSign, 3M, Blue Wolf, Pardot, and more. Get your ticket today at connex.uberflip.com. That's connex.uberflip.com. Use the promo code podcast to save $50 off your ticket. I will see you in Toronto. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. We are here with Chris Moody. Now, Chris, before the break, you started talking about basically building an airplane while flying it in terms of having to go into an organization, build the content marketing department, build the content marketing practice while things are happening. Work is going. People are running a million miles a minute. And you actually had this really amazing interview where the CEO basically said one of his biggest concerns is branding. And as a um, brand strategist, that's my jam. I love it. And this is something that, you know, Randy pointed out, it's not something we hear a lot. So what did they kind of mean by, you know, the brand was one of their big concerns? Sure. Well, I guess the first piece is awareness. A lot of folks don't know who we are, and they should, right? I think we like to refer to this as the post-marketing cloud era, the space that we're in now. So, you know, as marketers, we've come through this period of tons of acquisition and consolidation and lots of products being bundled together and APIs and, you know, companies like Uberflip, and this is not a, a, a plug shamelessly for Randy, but it's true, right? You've have companies that have done a great job of staying somewhat by themselves and integrating in a very solid job with players to provide lots of value for the marketers. But in many other cases, things are just thrown together. And, you know, it's, it's hard to, to be in those conversations, but when we're in those conversations, much like Randy would probably say for Uberflip, we have a very high close rate. So if, if we can get in the door and go up against insert favorite company name with marketing cloud after that, if we're up against them in the same room, we usually fare really well because we have amazing services. We have actual people that are supporting clients and it's not something that's worried about valuation or venture capital money or, you know, what's the, the multiple on this, right? There are no arbitrary metrics assigned to that. The metric is, can we make the brands we work with more successful? So the, the branding element of content for us is how do we get in more conversations, right? Which that's something we can measure. Now, I still have tons of other things like share of voice and you know, traditional content metrics that I care about. But ultimately, at the end of the day, 
I want to help our qualified sales folks get in the door talking to more people. And that's how we can close more revenue. So I have a, I have a question for you because I, I know this is something, and I'm going to go a little bit off the content path for a moment, but I think there's all these questions that we end up having as to like, are we doing this to build the brand or are we doing this to generate leads, right? And, and I know when we evaluate a lot of channels that we use and, and ways that we go to market, I'll give you one example is like events, right? You know, like these days I still find events to be very effective at getting in front and, you know, initiating those conversations as you put it. But, you know, the question then is, well, is the person who's running your events, is their goal to build the brand or is their goal to generate leads and demand gen? So do you kind of view it almost as church and state? Like, you know, you got to either be have people who are focused on brand and then another group that's focused on legion, or do you kind of, can you see it all happening in one when it comes to content? So the answer is yes and yes, uh, which, you know, doesn't give you the hot take that you want, right? But, uh, you know, I, I do think, I, I think it's helpful when there is separation of church and state. And I would not have said that previously. But I, I can tell you the way our marketing teams are structured, there's a brand side of the house and a demand side of the house. Literally, right? That's what they're called. And I'm on the brand side of the house. Now, does that mean I'm not supporting demand? Definitely not. I would not have a job if I didn't support demand. Does that mean I'm not creating assets that plug into email campaigns? No, I, I do that. We we are providing you know pillar assets and derivatives to plug into that. But my charter is to grow the brand, right? I have to start to say I need to be spending more time in thought leadership, less time writing emails or less time coming up with, you know, a one pager that can be used at an event. Now, we'll still support that, but it's not going to be an A or B priority. We can start to work that in. So I think having that separation or at least clear prioritization is extremely important because there are surely phases where demand will be the focus and you have to say, Hey, this month we're trying to get the, this number of leads in the door. Right. But for me right now, if I don't have brand first and first and foremost, it's hard for me to start to say no to an infinite amount of requests for more content. Right. Like we need to be building thought leadership content to show that we have expertise, to show that we have a point of view, to show that we can help B2C marketers to be more successful. We have the data around that. We have the proof points. We have the teams to support it. But I need to get there from a thought leadership angle. And if I'm only focused on, you know, what can I get on the website to get more form submissions, that changes how I do that a little bit. But I'm focused on both, right? I mean, Randy, you know this especially. I, I geek out on spreadsheets and I want to see conversion through the funnel. I mean, that's, that's where part of my heart is as well. So, you know, we are serving both, but if I don't put brand first, I think it's actually natural for marketers who I consider to be doing a good job to gravitate more towards demand because it's easier to measure. Right. Yeah. No, I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I think we've, at Uberflip, we've kind of like moved back to understanding the importance of brand. And I, I mean, even this podcast, which again, you started, I've been a part of now for a number of years. I mean, this is this is not a lead gen you know, tool for us, right? I mean, even the podcast systems that are out there don't really make it that easy to generate a lead or understand who's listening. But it's it's about 
building a movement. You know, same with the conference that we do that you'll be at this summer at Connex. It's it's putting the brand sometimes second to actually get people to understand what you stand for as a company, which I, I it sounds like you're you're really putting at the forefront at Cheetah. Yeah, and I, I mean, honestly, I, I think we have to, right? There, I, I feel like we always overcorrect as marketers. And, you know, there was a conversation years ago, I'm sure, that was like, hey, we don't have enough data, right? So marketers go heavy into qualification and, you know, here's how we can measure everything. And we forget some of the basics, right? I mean, we have to tell better stories to our potential clients and customers. And if we're not doing that, they don't know who we are and they don't care about us. And even if they do know who we are, if we're not saying what they want to hear, they're not going to give us the time of day. But, you know, Randy, you're C-level co-founder, right? Like if you had to decide between, you know, let's say 100 form submissions, and whatever the percentage of those are qualified versus two meetings where you have your best sales rep, let's assume, well, I'm sure they're all best, right? You don't hire anyone who's not best. So you don't have to pick favorites. They're all my favorite children. I only have my favorite children, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so if you can put the best salesperson you have in the room, with the decision maker of a brand that you want to close, would you rather have two of those or 100 form submissions? Right. Yeah. It's, it's the inbound versus ABM debate, right? Yeah, it is. And I think, you know, everything has to work together to pull this off, right? That's, that's the combination of brand and demand because you can have a great demand engine, but if no one knows who the hell you are and they don't care, what's the point. Right. And then on the other hand, if everyone knows who you are, but you can't close them and you don't get them into your system and you're not nurturing them and sending them what's relevant and actually understanding their behavior and what they care about, then how's that going to work? So that's where the two combine. I think. Well, and I love that you illustrate perfectly that you don't have to sacrifice one for the other, right? Like you don't have to push all brand and then sacrifice these leads and vice versa. It really should be about you know, the organizational goals and how individual roles and individual departments ladder up to that and work together versus just getting so drowned out into the the minutiae of our day-to-day and what we're supposed to accomplish with this one, ta- like, very tactical thing, right? It's, I love that you had mentioned just, you know, it's working together. It's considering the other teams. It's, you know, brand plus. It's not brand over, Yeah, I think that's it, right? And, you know, I was sitting here trying to think of an analogy or a metaphor, and the only thing that I could go to that felt accurate was a relay race. So if you think about, you know, four different people have to run a lap around the track, right? So one person has the baton, they're running as fast as they can to hand it off to someone else. That could be brand. So maybe the first lap is done by brand, and then they're handing that off to demand, and then demand runs their lap and then they're handing that off to sales and then sales runs their lap. And then it goes to customer success or implementation or whatever. They run their lap. Each lap is equally important, but they all have to happen. Right. And, and it may not be at the same time that may be phased. And that's a big part of how marketing and other organizations have to work together because we have the ultimate end goals we have to accomplish, but someone will lead a different phase and you can't, be precious about that. You can't be offended that your team's not the alpha dog in that situation. But there are certainly times where 
you know, one marketing person in their team will have to lead everyone else, but you have to know how to work together and how to transition and hand the baton off. Nice. I love that analogy. I think that's actually perfect. And it's such a very diplomatic way to wrap up our conversation today. Um, Chris, thank you so much for um, being on the podcast and, you know, walking us through your professional side. What we'd really love to do is have you stick around for a few more minutes and get to know uh, the personal side, more of what you've been up to um, since you were hosting this podcast. So we have a couple personal questions for you if you'd like to just stick around for a little longer. All right, Chris. So as we said, we always like to get to know our guests, but I mean, technically we know you. You did, I, I took a look, you did 57 episodes on this podcast where you were the host. Um, and then you've been back a few times. You know, you're one of those, you know, people we like to have back kind of like on the Tonight Show. And you know, you're, you're our Will Ferrell. Uh, and <laughs> I'm waiting for my jacket. I need a jacket. Nice, nice. Yes. I think that's an SNL thing, but, but absolutely, you know, five shows or something like that. But so I was trying to figure out what question to ask you. And I, I think I nailed the question that we're going to ask today. Okay. So you started this podcast. And as a result, my question to you is, what is one of your personal interests? Not work, not like email marketing or content marketing, but what is a personal interest that if you had to start a podcast today and you could interview like really interesting people tied to it, you would go with? So, and I'll get like, I was checking your Instagram. I saw like you recently like posted about like, you know, bourbon or bitters or something like that. I thought like maybe, maybe that was going to be, you know, the whole approach. But yeah, so I mean, I like to drink. I don't, not problematic, but you know, I like to drink. <laughs> uh, I like that clarification. Yeah, yeah, disclaimer. You know, I, I think I'd leave that to the likes of Tom Webster or someone much more sophisticated than I. I just like to drink it and I can make simple cocktails, but you know, I, I don't have a deep level of expertise there. Um, if you were on Instagram, I mean, a lot of my interests revolve around three kids. Uh, so I have three kids currently, ages six through one. So that keeps me busy. But, I mean, my passion point, I've been obsessed with basketball since birth, especially college basketball. And, you know, I grew up in Burlington, North Carolina as a Duke fan, which everyone thinks – Duke fans are prevalent, but here that was about 5% of the population. So it was all UNC and then, you know, maybe 10% NC State. So, you know, literally I skipped school with the permission of my dad. Hopefully that doesn't get back to the school system when Duke would lose to Carolina. So there was one uh, infamous Duke-Carolina game. Jeff Capel hit a shot from half court to send it to overtime. Duke goes on to lose. The game probably ends at 1 in the morning. We didn't go to school the next day. So coincidentally, my brother and I were both sick the day after Duke had a tragic loss in college basketball. So I, I think that would be a really fun topic to dive into. And even, you know, in our circles and the event circuit, I've gotten to know some folks that are pretty close to that, like Alan Stein Jr., who's trained Kobe Bryant, Kevin Durant, all these guys. He works with Team USA and Jay Billis wrote the forward of his book. So I think that would be a lot of fun, really dive into basketball and maybe the correlation to business, which is what Alan does as well. But I, I think that would be a lot of That's fun. Start to I feel see like your first guy should be Phil Jackson. He'd like 
nail that parallel between business. And there's all these books that talk about how Phil Jackson runs a culture on a, on a team is, is how you should run your, your company. I don't know if. Yeah, there's actually this Coach K Leadership Academy too. So uh, Mike Shashevsky. So it's basically a fantasy basketball camp for adults. And he teaches leadership classes, but you get drafted onto a team. So, you know, you might have Jay Billis coaching you or Steve Wojciechowski or, you know, Jay Williams. Christian Leitner is a coach there. Like Grant Hill comes back. So you get all these Duke basketball legends and then you have – Coach K, who's also a leadership speaker, talking to you. So it's only $10,000. If you'd like to send me, Randy, I will be more than happy to wear some Uber Flip shoes for you at the Fantasy Camp. I don't know. I feel like to make that happen, you're going to have to have your next employer be ESPN or something like that. Yeah. You know, appearing tonight on ESPN, a little uh, segment with Chris Moody. <laughs> yeah write that into my contract well Chris thanks so much uh, for for taking time while you're building the brand over at Cheetah Digital to you know chat with us here on the content experience show and and rejoin us from from the early days and talk about some of those good times on behalf of Anna over at Convince and Convert I'm Randy at Uberflip this has been the content experience podcast you can find all of our past episodes at the content experience podcast.com or go to Spotify, or go to Google. What is Google Play and even called now anymore? I think they just renamed it. But we are everywhere. iTunes, of course. You can find us, download it, and let us know when you can how you think these episodes are going. Until next time, thanks so much for tuning in. This is Jay Bear, and thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.